Blog Talk Radio. See, we're reconnecting. <clears throat> so I'm here with Dr. Robert Pope. Dr. Robert Pope I've known for several years. He's been a great friend. And this is recorded. So you yeah, I get that. Go back to that. If I bitch anyone day, because I remember when you said. Yeah, I know. I'm going to. I will hold this. I'll say it's like this against you. I'll say it's like Trump, Hillary, and stuff. I'll say it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That was then. Uh huh. Okay. Sure. Um, but he has been a great mentor of mine, uh, a life coach. I don't know if you like that term, life coach. Sometimes it sometimes confuses people because. My work is much more of a transformational type mm-hmm. of coach, so I do deeper healing work with people. Uh, it's, it's an empowerment dynamic. We're actually looking at not only what they're up to in their life, but your life coach would do and help them set goals and follow through what they're up to. We're doing some of that. But it's mostly what I'm looking for is the inauthentic ways of being. And I say inauthentic. What I mean is ways that people act where they're, uh, they're whiny, complaining, victimized, you know, they want to be natural in this situation. Yeah, because pretty much they, they, they have their life and then they bitch about it and they complain about it and they don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one level. The other times I work with clients who are actually very successful in life, their life works, and they're up to creating something bigger. Mm-hmm. So I have some corporate clients, business owners who really want to just grow their business. And, so, and they know that the obstacle of growing their business is their own limitations. And my work is mostly with people's Keep limitations. Talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. When right I back. say it's about their limitations, what I'm committed to is get people to, to look at, they actually have a lot more power and they have a lot more possibility and potential than they're operating inside of. And so, when I say operating inside of, what I literally mean is that the way they see the world and the way they act, operate, act, is insufficient to where they say they want to go. Why? Okay, so... We'll go right into it. Why do you say that? Why is that people have stuff that they say they want to do something, but what's blocking them? How do you unblock them? Well, let's identify what the blocks are before going to how we unblock them. Mm-hmm. Because you can't unblock something you don't have, you don't can't see or you can't be responsible for. So blocks are a function of um, limitations that we took on as we were growing up. So we do things, and people would say, "Well, that was stupid. You can't do that." Or try we were to, we were taught try to look right. I can look there. Not look at you. Well, at least you look at me occasionally. So what I'm pointing to is that as we grow up, we're told what we can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. There's certain ways we're supposed to act, or something will just happen in our lives, and all of a sudden we're embarrassed, and people laugh, or they yell at us, or something happens, and then we decide that, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not powerful. I'm not good enough. I'm stupid. We'll make up all sorts of things. Then we live our life on top of that. And so those, uh, they become subconscious beliefs that when we tr- approach something that would maybe great or something that would stretch us, the little voice in our head starts going off and says, you can't do that. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough to do that. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to fail. Don't risk. So often we'll, we'll give up on our dreams or we'll decide on something less risky to do. 
something that doesn't draw so much out of us, but we're kind of left feeling like unsatisfied in our lives. Mm. And, you know, most of you have this experience. Your life is great. And then there's times when it sucks. And if you have more great experiences in life than you have sucky experiences in your life, you, you pretty much say your life's doing well. If it's the other way around, you're pretty much depressed. Um, so the idea is to transform the sucky parts of your life so that you have more great parts of your life and you feel better about yourself. And then as your self-esteem increases, your sense of identity gets more secure. You're not so easily triggered and set off and ticked off by other people and what they're up to. You can actually go out and do the things you want to do and accomplish what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched you over the years, right? That, yeah, we're going to talk about me. I've watched you over the years. You can talk. Yeah, I'm going to. You're the one in the room. <clears throat> I am the one. I don't know who's listening. I talk about them. That's not happening. No, sorry to talk about you. Yeah. I I watched you grow a, a great deal over the last seven eight years that I've known you. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched you take on your business. You met me when I was nineteen, by the way. Nineteen hundred and ninety. What? No. Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> Great, that's, but I've watched you just really alter who you've been. You've watched you stand in your power a great deal more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were times when you would get really whiny and victimy. <laughs> that just was strong attractive. <laughs> and occasionally you still drop into that one. It was like I slap you and go, okay, that's crazy. Yeah, not but, but, you know, not nearly no, but all of us do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, in public, we probably will avoid showing up that way. When we get home with our spouses or our loved ones, like, like I said, probably in public we'll show Probably we won't, but yeah. sometimes we do. Yeah. When we get home, it's like, oh my God, the whiner and the complainer, and it's like, my life stuff thing shows up a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why we have spouses and loved ones to <laughs> remind us of how much more work we have to do still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, from a personality point of view, we're always maturing and growing. When we're a child, we saw things as a child. And, and if we don't grow up, we'll still see life the same way we were looking at it when we were little kids. Take, for example, what it is to be an adult. When parent, most of us made up what it meant to be an adult when we were seven, eight. You know, little kids. And then we added to that as we got a little older. I haven't made, I haven't made that up. I, <laughs> what do yeah, you have? Yeah. It's not like, it's like your dad, but the opposite. That's, I think, how you do it. Oh, that's probably too. Yeah. The rebel thing. Yeah, yeah it's just the other way. Like, I'm not going to do my dad do? Oh, I'm going to do this instead. <laughs> Maybe that way for us. But we make that up. And so we, if we don't measure up to what our standards or ideas of an adult was or a parent was, then we get into that, I'm not good enough, it starts to drop off or drop into that. We go into depression or we go into pretending over top of it. Mm. Most of us are pretending. We're pretending we're better than we are. We're pretending we're not as screwed up as we actually think we are. And then how dare anybody call us on any of that crap? Oh, my gosh, know, because I've noticed so much. Like, so part of my growth is uh, I've become much more assertive. You have someone, yeah. if someone talks shit or does something, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? You know? Uh, <laughs> does it stop them? Well, sometimes it does. No, no, that's so. That's an interesting thing. Okay, sometimes. so sometimes it stops them, at least for the moment. Sometimes it stops them permanently, and sometimes I've learned that 
uh, you have to enact the wrath of God upon them for them to really hear you and get it. So no, that's, like, what I, that's what so I call it. So it's like that, that story of the donkey. Before you can train the donkey, you've got to get attention. That's the farmer with two before he gets the donkey. No. It's a like farmer story. It's a farmer story. Okay. You know, you get the donkey's attention, you hit it up with that two by four. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like no, that. Sometimes yeah. you do. Sometimes you do. Yeah. And something like uh, my experience in landmark, there's not a lot of that in there. It's a personal growth and development course, but we both know what that is. But what I have seen is that, like, for sometimes for people to hear me, you have to enact the wrath of God, just what I call it for some reason. You have to make it, hey, this is serious. You could die if you don't listen to me now. It's sometimes it's true. Sometimes it takes a lot I, to get there. Sometimes it's not. You know, someone was talking about my ex-girlfriend, and they said, I'd love to get in that. And I was like, I let them finish their story. I was like, um, I'm not like a big fan of my ex-girlfriend, but I was like, uh, that was really rude. Yeah. And they talked a bit, and I was like, we need to apologize. <laughs> right? And they got it. Because it wasn't the wrath of God, but it, it became something they really need to pay attention to. And I've, I've learned that. But the tricky thing has been doing that with diplomacy and not making it, like, completely out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's part of your maturity. As, see, it's a tricky balance. But not every You've got a maturity, but there's a... Well, okay, people not maturity. Let me give you a lot of people don't, you don't like maturity. Let's call it wisdom. No, you can call it whatever it well, is. Well, it's like it's when we mature and we gain wisdom... Sometimes we mature, which means we just got old, which is not the same thing. Yeah. That's a biological aging process. But the wisdom phenomenon, when we, we understand and interact with human beings mm-hmm. in a way that we can get our point across it with the least amount of resistance on their part and without having to go into some kind of a war. No, a what? A war. Oh, a war. war. Exactly. Get what yeah, you exactly. want. Right? Just communication. You All that communication. Uh, when you know we're okay, this happened. We need to we need to take care of this. Yeah, that's one of the things. It's like oh no no, so skipping past it. No, let's go. This is what we need to talk about. Yeah, and I notice sometimes you have to no 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 come back here. We still need to take care of this, right? Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it's oh, yeah. time. Redirection. So what are one of the ways that you uh, or some of the ways that you help your clients? Unblock. Okay. Blocks that come okay. Well, let's let's actually deal with how this actually how this occurs. So, human beings are here to having life experiences. So, all of you listening to you notice that your life is a function of experience after experience after experience, and you build upon previous experiences to create new experiences. The world of experience is rarely understood for how it actually occurs. So, I'd like to give you a simple little lesson. Experience has components to it. The number one component in an experience is something happens. The second component is the way we interpret it, the meaning I give to it, the value it has for me, um, the story about it. So there's what happens and then how it occurs to me, which is a function of all of that dynamic. And then out of that, there's typically a feeling that will arise. So the... What happens is, the new, is literally neutral. Now, that's maybe a new concept for us. But if you actually got that what's happening is neutral, 
the positive or negative we were just talking about this before we started to before you guys. what I mean by neutral is that in and of itself doesn't doesn't produce a charge so an emotional charge is a negative it's just a neutral it's just something that happened but you, if I interpret it as like what are you doing that's rude you hate me or are you gonna fight me or like is this I mean I'll give it a bunch of meaning yeah. how it occurred to me is a neutral because I've interpreted it through my all the filters that I operate in with all the limiting beliefs, all the meanings that I've given to life and relationships and things that I've built up over the last 60 plus years of my life. All of that would come into play when you tap my arm mm -hmm. and I would interpret as playful or aggressive or nothing. But the act itself was just what happened. Mm -hmm. So once we can d differentiate what happens from what we make it mean, we have some power. We can, because we can't change what happens. You get raped. You got raped. That's what happens. You can't change that. But we can change what meaning you gave it, mm -hmm. what you made it mean about you, what you made it mean about men, what you made it mean about other people, all of that. And why all of that can be altered. And the way I do it is we go into an inquiry process. We literally go into ask, identifying all the meaning that's there, and then we take the ones with the biggest charge and we begin to determine whether or not what the meaning we gave it is truthful or not. Is it real or not? Is it valid or not? What, what are some of the results you've seen once you've, uh, what would you call, unblock, dismantle? Well, okay. What are the results you see after you unblock or dismantle something that happens? I, I watch, mostly I watch people relax and find more. I'm sorry, I'll come back. They, they relax and they find more peace. They, they all of a sudden there's happiness there. There's, or there's or an expansion or a little more power. The thing that they were trying to manage inside of their complaint or their concern, when we dismantle all this and the complaint and the concern goes away, they immediately have access to the thing they were trying to get by managing the complaint and the concern. So all the energy that they were putting into managing their life through the complaint or the concern is now available to create or attract to them the next thing they want in life. You said create or attract. What do you mean by create or attract? Isn't it create or attract or is it attract or create? Uh, you want to, I pretty much relate to them as similar. Mm. We're, we're talking to an audience that's been trained in the law of attraction. It's something they've heard before. Mm. The law of attraction would be the mechanism whereby human beings create their life. Mm. It's, your life is a function of what you've attracted to you to interact with. And you wouldn't say that you created, necessarily you would say you created the house, you wouldn't have created your girlfriend, you wouldn't have created your father. You didn't create them. Mm -hmm. They were something that came into your life. You attracted them in. God, why? Why? Well, we're going back to that whining thing. <laughs> but, but how you interact with it and how that life with that situation occurs to you is what you do create. Mm -hmm. You do actually make that up, so to speak. So that's most, that's a lot of our creation. And then there's literally the things you go out and you take actions to have come to life. So if you're creating a new business, you're going to take actions that's going to have that business start to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. 
business plans, product, financing, business license, and, all, and on and on it goes. Sure. And you'd be taking actions consistent with that that would have that show up in your life. That's one of the ways that you participate actively in the creation. And then there's all the other stuff that is in place or comes to you as a result of what you're committed to that you attract. And what you attract you didn't necessarily create, like you didn't make it out of clay and animate it and put things that were already there and came to you. Well, so the way I see it is that you create stuff and then the things that you want to come into your life come in because you're creating. The, basic the, process, the process of creating has your, yes, has your focus and your attention on something, which is what the law of attraction seems to operate from. So why, why, So you're saying like if someone wants to make a million dollars or have six-pack abs or three girlfriends, which isn't me, or... You've had three girlfriends. That's just kind of confusing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just well, stress, right? Yeah, exactly. I've done that too. It can be fun too, but anyway, but what would you say, like, someone is clear they want to make a million dollars and they've been, they're creating it, but it's not happening. Years pass, it's not happening. And then they do what you said earlier. What did you say earlier? They make it, they get frustrated. I don't want to say it's simple frustration. First thing, would be multiple things. Yeah. So what would you tell that person that's like, I want a million dollars, but it's not happening? Well, would you would you so what they're doing actually doesn't get them there. Now, I could say, for example, let's, I know this is about a million dollars, but let's just do the, a road trip phenomenon. Okay. Let's, go let's say the road trip to, we want to go to St. George. Simple. So in our, in our attempt to go to St. George, we get up, all, you know, we gather up all the things that we want to do. We make sure we got enough gas in the car. We jump in the car, and then we start heading north. You okay. How long would you have to go north before you get to St. George, which is about 300 miles south of here? Well, the St. George is south. I know. That's your point. That's my point. Okay. <laughs> I'd say stop. I would be like, hey, where are you going? Well, you would. But if you didn't know, if didn't know but if you didn't know, you didn't know that you were, you got turned around, you got turned around, yeah. so you didn't know a direction you were, and you were headed in a direction that wasn't going to get you, and you didn't know that. And then, Five hours later, when you were supposed to be in St. George, you find yourself somewhere near Boise, Idaho, and you go, I don't know, exactly. So, again, if I'm, if I'm after the million dollars, the million dollars is synonymous with the trip to St. George, and I'm going the other direction, of course, I can't get it. Now, I could be doing all of the work, but the direction I'm going is, is out of alignment with what my goal is, and I didn't know it. And sometimes if we don't know, and we don't know that we don't know it, and we'll just keep doing the same thing over and over and over mm -hmm. again and expecting a different result, well, what which about, is somebody's definition of insanity, I think. Is, you know, sure, yeah. So what would you say? So there's you know, a thing that people say in the law of attraction. That, um, they do say some things in this. What do you think? There's like one or two more minutes on this. But people that say law of attraction, if you're driving to Boise, 
there must be a reason why you're going there because you're focused on making money or getting to St. George. <laughs> Go ahead, try to make sense of that one. Is that an example? I totally So, so I won't use the example, but people will say, well, if that's what you want, there must be a reason why this is happening to you. Well, this there is, is happening. It's, it's happening to you. Happening to you. It's, it's happening because you're confused. You think you're going south when you're going north. But, I'm clear, but when you're clear on your intentions, it must be happening for a reason. Maybe I need a lesson to make sure I know where the hell I'm going. You. If you want to go there, you yeah, can. Yeah, that's true. If you want to go there, you can. Mm -hmm. But maybe the lesson is you're just freaking crazy. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just going the wrong direction. That's the lesson. Here. Yeah, okay. And ch check things out before you go in that direction. Well, you know, you may want to start to look for the signs. That's probably a sign that you're in the yeah, Actually, yeah, paying attention is a really important part. So what are some of the things you – so you're in the inquiry. Can you give us an example of something of how you uh, dismantle a block? Okay, well, let's do one of yours. Let's do, let's do, let's do a block you have because that's fine. Go ahead. it's always better with personal, you know, examples. Um, so – what are you up to right now in your life that's important to you, that's not working? But not working as well as you'd like it to work? Mm. Oh, I like that question. <laughs> Everything's working great. Yeah, right. Well, that's the other thing that's not working. Well, I have to, I'd have to go through my life. So I don't go through my life. Right now, I've been working on the radio show. I like yeah. how that's going. It's in the progression. Uh, the store, my dad's store, taking that over. That's really slow. I'm really that slow. That's probably the worst thing. So let's look at your dad's store. I go with that one. Yeah. I mean, I could list a lot of good things that are happening that I'm not really concerned about. So what would you like to see different about your dad's store? Uh, people show up to help me clean up. People coming to buy stuff. People that help you clean uh, people it up. People coming to sell this. Uh, people coming to purchase this. Take one. I want all three. I know, but we're just going to work with someone to come purchase the store. You want somebody to buy the store? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the obstacle to buying the store right now? I haven't told many people. <laughs> it needs to be cleaned up first. It's like trying to sell a broken... Dirt. So basically what you're saying is that see, if you get out of sequence, mm -hmm. that's one of the issues. So if you're out of sequence, all you have to see is you're out of sequence. Okay, well, if I'm focusing on selling the store before I clean it up, that's going to have selling the store be difficult wouldn't make sense. Now all we go back to is, well, let's do first things first. We'll clean up the store. Okay, you said earlier what I, what I would want is more people to come and help me clean up the store. Who are you asking? Um, I've been friends with you for a while, and you've never once mentioned this before now. Do they come and help clean up the store? Not really. <laughs> that's why I would ask a lot. <laughs> so you're afraid of being turned down? Oh, you know, I, I've been tired of like I've been since my dad been has been sick and had a valve replacement surgery. And yeah, uh, I've asked a lot of friends for a lot of help over time, and I'm kind of like I hit the wall of like I got kind of tired. I've had friends say they would ask my friends to help do things, but they didn't. They didn't show up, so I have to pick it up again. So that's kind of my experience is that. What you mentioned earlier in this in this uh, program is that you'll get tired. Uh, you know all the things you said. I don't know exactly. You get tired of doing it. Yeah. Sure we do. And so I've experienced it in different ways, but I've also 
gained a lot. You know, I've done a lot of different things, but in that case, I've been like, oh, I don't want to start. I don't want to call 20, 30 friends and post again on Facebook and do all the stuff well, to look, get people look, in to help. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's some. Okay, but you know, if you were, to, if you wanted to get a group of people to actually make yeah, it a difference, you could do it, and you could actually make it fun for us. Mm-hmm. Because remember, anytime we're invited to do anything, the first question I want to know is, what's in it for me? Yeah. Am I gonna have fun? See, if it's fun, maybe there's food, maybe there's just hanging out with people that I care about. Sometimes it's just enough because I want to make a difference. Whatever may appeal to me. So your request would have to somehow appeal to some aspect here that would, oh, yeah, that would be actually something I'd want to do. Because if if it occurs to me it's just a work project and you're going to use me and use me up, it's like, no, I don't need to do that. Right? Sometimes you can create a case for a service project it would make a difference sure. for your dad and make a difference for a buck. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Okay. I'm kind of tired of doing that. Yeah. That's going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, I have to do this again. Yeah. Well, what has the store, well, let me say it this way. Has your store, has it been cleaned up before? Yeah. How come it doesn't stay cleaned up? I've just been time. My dad got tired and sick, and he couldn't really just not, just not being able to keep up. Okay, so then that's a function of it's a management issue, right? It's either managing your time or hiring somebody else or whoever is in the store. If you're not there, and your dad's not there. Who actually is in there? It's just you or your dad, and if he's and if you're not there, it's just you close the, you lock it up, and it just doesn't sell anything. Well, that would be another problem. You're not selling that stuff. You're not there. Well, that's right. not it. Well, let's change the subject. <laughs> it's, it's, we're not going to do it. But you get the idea. So the, but the block is, it's the thinking that says, I can't do this, mm-hmm. or this won't work for me. Like, I know I, I call people, and they won't come anymore. I've used them up. Well, until you actually inquire into the validity of that thought, you absolutely know that's true, for example. Yeah. Now, for those of you who are watching this or listening to this, the work of Byron Katie is being kind of, the, for me, the premier for the inquiry process. Mm-hmm. It's simple, it's profound, and it consistently makes a difference. And I've never seen it fail, and I've been actively using that work for over 20 years. And I would never, ever not consider that as the foundation for a real powerful inquiry. Mm-hmm. Because it takes the thought, the judgment that you have of yourself in the situation, it actually makes you stop and inquire, is that true? Now, is that true is a really interesting question because there's two places we're going to go with it. Well, I'm going to go to my past, what I think I know already, and for the most part, it'll come up, yeah, that's true. But if we don't go there, because going up here to the head, to that thinking mind, is the same place that the problem started with, so it's not a great place to go back to the answer. So you have to go somewhere else. And so we use this... We use like the heart. When we say the heart, there is some evidence that there's intelligence associated with that area. But it represents the, more of the spiritual or more of that part of us where there's intuition or guidance that comes from something beyond who we think we are, are know ourselves to be. So when we ask, is that true, we're asking something within us that actually would know. Now, I happen to believe that there, as a human being, there's physical components, mental components, and spiritual components. The emotional realm is, is in part of, inside of that, but 
the spiritual nature of mankind is based in truth in a way that in a way that we can pretty much learn to trust it if we can tap into it. Mm-hmm. It will give us information. For those of you who are Christian, there's we call it the spirit of truth, which is a spiritual endowment that we have access to. So I assert that if we can just ask is it true, something will answer that. And if we can learn to tap into that, then we'll get it. But if we don't get an answer right away, we all we have to do is go to the, 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 the question how do you react when you believe that thought? And how do I react when I believe that thought? Well, tell me a million different things. Okay, so we're running out of time. Robert, how, if people want to work with you or investigate working with you, how would they reach you? Uh, you can contact me through my email. It's Robert with the number four, joy, J-O-Y, Robert for joy at gmail.com. Great. That's a really simple way. And then uh, your rates, how do you do work with them, just depending on what kind of client they are? Yeah. My rates vary with their with what the project we're working on, with where they're at in their life, if I'm interested in working with them or not. And do you have a website? I do, transparative.com. Can you spell it? Transparative, T-R-A-N-S-P-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Great, and we'll post that on our link. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. If you're interested in my products, check out Accelerator, located in stores near you. Go to altaperform.com. You can order online. And you can order uh, straight from me if you need to. But you can also go to the store. And there's a list of stores on there. Right. See you guys later. Thanks, Thanks for thank watching. For See ya. See you next time.